Hello and welcome to the Untitled Car Show. I'm your host, Ike. Um, so right off the bat, I'm going to kind of get into, uh, if you listen to Monday's show um, all the way through, God bless you, first of all. Second of all, um, well, near the end, I was talking with uh, Dave about uh, my time when I was a kid when we went to Italy and like driving around and all that. So um kind of want to get into that, said I would on the show. So just to take a step back from that. So when I was a kid, my parents, and I think part of the reason I, you know, love all things mechanical, but especially cars, is we did a lot of road trips in, you know, the continental United States. Parents went to Chicago, you know, so we drove from Chicago to Florida to Arkansas, you know, to D.C. to basically everywhere, like, within a few days' drive. So got very used to the road trip life. I actually really enjoy, I remember being a kid and really enjoying just the process of road tripping. Like, I think it annoyed my brother and my sister more. I think I was always, maybe this is the rose tinted glasses of time talking, but I liked, I was always the one, because we drove around in a conversion van. So we had an old Chevy conversion van for a while, and then we got a Ford conversion van. They both had little TVs in them, and, you know, they were okay. They were comfy to drive in. Uh, but my brother and my sister would almost always because I was the middle child, get the captain's chairs, and I always was stuck in the way, way back. But it's one of those things of being the middle child, you have to know how to twist the other two kids to do what you want them to do without them realizing they're giving you exactly what you want. So the conversion, the back, fell down into a bed. But if you're just driving and you're back there all by yourself, you lay sideways on it, and it's, it's a bed. So I always would have the biggest, comfiest seat in the vehicle, and I'd be able to sleep when I wanted, and I had all this room for activities back there, basically. So I was always a book reader, and I only ever got car sick once, uh, which was ironically right after a cruise. So um, the – which that's not our story. So – the, uh, you know, we drove a lot in the U.S. and we did a lot of sightseeing, you know, but that was always very much about getting there as fast as possible. I think I've told this story, but if you haven't heard it, he had an old school radar detector when they first came out, and I don't know if it was serendipity or if he had the uh, people put it in specifically for this, but the conversion van had like a little latch, a little hatch in it built specifically so you could hide the radar detector. Like, it pulled it out. Um, it was basically right above where the rearview mirror was, and it was like a little panel that would fold out and fold in. It had a little toggle switch associated just with it. So, which may be the reason why I absolutely love toggle switches. So, I do think they're really cool. Like, overhead toggles, toggle, toggle switches, man, I can't speak today, are just freaking cool. Anyway, I'm actually wanting it. I don't know what happened to that van. Well, no, I do know what happened to that van. That van got 
crushed and cast for clunkers, which is a shame. If I would have really known it was going for that, I probably would have offered my parents an okay amount of money for it. Um, as a matter of fact, I think they offered it to me. Um, I don't know why I didn't take it, come to think of it. I really could have used 12, because when that happened, I was still living with a whole bunch of roommates, and that would have been my third car. So I don't really think. Now, flip side of that, could have just lived in the van and drove the challenge. Anyway, uh, going back, um, I do kind of want a conversion van now that, I'm, now that I'm kind of reminiscing about this. I kind of really miss having a conversion van. It makes me kind of long for one. Anyway, um, so maybe it was pre-9-11 um, because the air travel wasn't as restrictive and all that. So born in 86, so this is got to be before 2000. I think I was just in middle school, so it's probably like 10 or 11 at the time. And uh, we left for six weeks, and we went over to Italy. Now, my dad is an Italian immigrant. Uh, he came over here uh, with his parents, super young age. Uh, so we still have some family and, you know, some relatives over there. So, but he grew up speaking Italian, learning, speak English, reading English, so he could speak Italian because he had to communicate with, you know, my grandmother who spoke no English and my grandfather who learned English. So, uh, which I may refer to as my non-no is my grandfather and my non-na is my grandmother. I'm going to try and keep with the English version of that, but I might slip in and out. So if I do, just be aware. Anyway, so my dad can speak fluent Italian. Kind of sucks at reading it. This is going to come important. So we fly over there. We get an old piece of shit, like Fiat, like wagon, like it's pastel green. This thing is absolutely hideous. Uh, I remember getting off the plane. I was uh, exhausted because I don't sleep well on planes. So we got in the car. And I remember thinking, you know, still, at this age, I wasn't really into cars. I really didn't get into cars until a little later. But I look at this thing, and I'm like, eh, it's, it's kind of a gross color, but it's kind of a gross cool color, I remember thinking. Like, you want to see that color on a car in America. So we get into this thing. I pass out in the back, and we flew into Milan. So Milan is, if Italy's a boot, Milan is like the northern, you know, front side of the boot. So like northern and western. So almost all the way up at the top of the boot. So we're driving in that thing. We, I pass out. The family in that time apparently stopped and got uh, gasoline and this is where that my dad can't really read Italian comes into play so we stop at the gas station uh, he's filling up and the like 
car, unbeknownst to him, was a diesel, and he put gas into it. So we made it like 15 more miles down the road on the Autostrada before it just completely crapped out. And mind you, this is free cell phone and everything. So here you are. Uh, I woke up like after my dad had left because it's he's the only one who speaks English. There's a call box down the road. Um, like we passed it like five miles ago. He's the only one who speaks Italian, so he's got to go make the phone call. Um, it's my mom who speaks no Italian. My brother speaks no Italian. I speak no Italian. My sister speaks no Italian. Uh, my brother's maybe 13, and my sister's 7. And we're in a strange country, and we speak none of the language. So my dad leaves. He's walking down the road. He gets to the call box. I guess he makes a phone call to the rental car company, whatever, to get them to come and pick us up. The rental car uh, flatbed arrived before my dad did. So he's trying to, because I guess they dispatch, they're like, well, they're tourists, but he spoke Italian, so we'll just dispatch, you know, whichever guy, and it'll be fine because they speak Italian. Not so much. So he shows up, and he's like, uh, scusi, case uh, the qui, like da-da-da-da. I'm like, uh, yeah, we don't know. My brother's trying his best because he, he was in Spanish in school. So he's like, donde esta biblioteca? Like, trying his best to help. So my dad arrives like 20 minutes into this conversation of trying to figure out if we're the people that he's trying to do, because my mom has no idea what this guy's doing there. It's just a random flatbed showed up, and it's like, well, we got to get the flatbed. It showed up. It's for the rental car company, and, like, my mom's trying to explain this to him. He has no idea what's going on. My brother's trying his best to, like, translate some of his Spanish into Italian. And it's just a giant, you know, clusterfuck. Finally, my dad shows up, and he, like, explains to him the situation. And he's like, well, here's the issue. You have five people. I only have room for one person in the cab of my truck. Thankfully, it's a flatbed, so I'll just flat tow you all back to the rental car-like place. Mind you, it's like 1 a.m. at this point. So they're staying open for us, which is very nice. But very not what you would think, like, but more than Italian folk, it's kind of like Midwestern-y, I guess. Like, no, oh, they'll help you out. So they were being hauled, like, only in Italy. And this is the Lira era, so it's like peak Italy. So we're being hauled on the back of a flatbed tractor like tow truck, just buckled in, like hoping we don't just fall off. So we get there, and the guy explains, like, you know, he's doing that thing of, like, you didn't put gasoline in it. You just, they must have messed up the labeling at the pump, like that sort of thing. My dad's like, oh, yeah, sure. So they give us the new, and, like, I was thinking, well, there's no way in hell we're seeing that weird pastel green uh, Fiat wagon color again. And they give us another pastel green Fiat wagon, which is just 
crazy to me. It's like somehow even more Easter eggy. So we continue our journey up into the mountain. And now we know we're driving around in diesel. The guy's like, here's, here's how you know what gas goes in here. Like, this is what you do. So we're driving around and we're having fun. And um, another good memory of car memory from that trip is I do think this trip is part of the reason because it was, we were driving from Milan all the way down to uh, Pompeii, basically, so far, far the south there. So we did a lot of autostrada, a lot of sightseeing, a lot of, you know, we were there for six weeks, see a lot of family, a lot of, uh, you know, people we knew, and uh, it was a great you know, great way to introduce the whole, um, like, road trip, cars as, like, a means of conveyance of, like, to be more than a means of conveyance, I guess, like, to be, like, a, like, home away from home, because it was, we went from, like, hotel to hotel to hotel, and we did a lot of that, we did a lot of, um, you know, I did a lot of sleeping in the car because I, when we arrived, I was so jet lagged because I didn't sleep on like a 16-hour talk or plane trip, and then my sleep was interrupted like four hours later. So by the time I went to bed, I was waking up and it was like the first time in my life I was just like programmed to be an early bird. So like I was getting up at like 6 a.m. every day. I'm like, let's go. Everyone else is like, we're sleeping. Like it's, it's like what, maybe like midnight, our time. Anyway, so the another good story from that time is um, my grandmother, my nonna, is from northern Italy and up in the mountains, like in the Alps. So we uh, headed up there to see like some old family house or something, I guess. Um, I don't even really remember, like we did a lot of uh, uh, stuff up in the house was, it was a lot of, it was, well, here's why. So, we're heading up there. We're in this little diesel uh, Fiat. It's got, you know, it's got plenty of grunt at the super low end, but I mean, this thing's maybe putting out like 100 pound feet of torque. And the thing, it's not grunty. You really, it's no good for the mountain. And it's not turbocharged either. So this thing is just an absolute doll. So, like, I remember late one night, we're driving up through the mountains. We're going to see something. Like, I guess my dad's trying to find a hotel. And we're driving up this, like, trail. And at one point, I remember, like, the car, I'm in the way back. You know, I'm in the middle bucket, you know, all the way in the back on the bench. And it's a little Fiat wagon. But I remember the hood, like if I fe- if I looked forward, what I felt like was level, like with what would be a straight line traditionally. Like I felt like I was looking like at the hood out front. Like I don't, I couldn't see like anything in front of us. 
And I remember going, we were going up this little hill, like, not little hill, we were going up this mountain, this out, and feeling like the back tire kind of break loose. And my dad just put on the parking brake and just say, like, F it, turn the car around, and we just went down the mountain. It's like, we'll find another hotel because we're going to die trying to get up here. I mean, that was, it was super tight, super, super sketchy. And on the way down, it was even still, like, we could go off and make it. We're not going to see, you know, the light. We're, we're all dead because we're all going to get crushed this little fiat. So, I mean, that was fun. Uh, another good anecdote is, so we're driving into uh, the city of Luca, which is a fortress town. Um, so ancient fortress, super tight. Um, well, if you've seen the top tier where they do the like hot hatch challenge in Italy, uh, where they start off in is Luca. And I remember a lot of the same sights and sounds from being in Luca. So super tight, super narrow roads. And my dad decides we're going to drive in this little Fiat wagon. So we're driving in in this little car, and my dad's driving down a road, and this old, belligerent Italian guy is, I don't, you know, now I'm thinking about, I don't think the car even had AC, because we're driving, and we had all the windows down. So this old, rotchety Italian guy just starts cussing. And I know, I don't know how to pronounce him, but I know what cussing in Italian sounds like because my dad has four brothers and sisters. So uh, I just starts cussing up a storm at my dad. And my dad, like, caught super off guard. He's like, like asked him, like, what the, like, why are you, goes, yells back, because obviously Italy, yells back, like, what are you doing? Like, why are you yelling at me? Like, what am I doing wrong? Like, you're making no sense. He's like, oh, oh, you're Italian. Like, yeah, but I'm Italian. I grew, grew up here for a few years, and I've lived in America for the last, like, 40 years. He's like, oh, no, um, we're just making a game of just yelling at the tourists. Like, sorry. Like, oh, like, so I'm not going the wrong way down on one way? Like, no, no, there's no one way in, in Luca. You just go, and people will make room for you if they can. Like, oh, okay. So <laughs> just like, that, that's Italy for you. Like, just, eh, we just yell at the tourists because we like to do it. So and I don't blame them. Tourists clogging up your nice little beautiful ancient fortress town. But I remember being on the uh, walls of Luca, and that was really cool. Like, not driving up there, just like sitting there walking. I, I do think, um, just if I had to pick from memory, like a place to live in Italy, I think Luca would be pretty high up there, even though it's not really car conducive, simply because um, it's such a beautiful town that you can have a car. You have to have a small car. But Italy being Italy, you can have a DS3, which is probably what I would get, or a Fiesta ST, or a Barth, if you had a Barth. Um, something like that would be fun. Um, man, I need new wipers. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think if I got any other good car anecdotes from when we were in Italy. I mean, oh, yeah, I wonder what it was. I'm going to have to go back and find some pictures. I'm sure we got some somewhere of, uh, you know, car trips and everything. But, um, 
Yeah. Was, it was a fun time. I do think that had a lot to do with uh, between that and the road tripping as a kid. You know, I, I like the mechanical things. And kind of like the detriment was um, my dad was a car guy. Like when, when I talk to him now, it's very obvious, oh, uh, this man's a car guy. But he never really, you know, to his credit or to his detriment, whatever you want to say, he never really foisted it on us as kids. He never was like, he was never a man of like a searing passion for automobiles. Like he didn't like make us as kids have it. Like he enjoyed cars. I don't think he's a gearhead. I think he just likes having nice cars, which maybe is what it is, um, why it's not quite his passion. But he, he's a car guy for sure. And I think, you know, I was mechanically minded. I enjoyed a lot of that as a kid, but it wasn't so much cars until I really started to drive them. But I think part of the reason when we started driving them, I fell in love with them so quickly was because it was such a understanding of like, oh, now the world is open again to, you know, all these possibilities. Like I could do, you know, I can get in a plane, I can fly to Europe, I can drive in Europe. Um, I can drive from here in District of Columbia to Los Angeles, um, to Alaska if I wanted to, to Montreal, wherever I want to go. I can drive there and it's the only limitation is how much money I have for gas and, you know, if I'm willing to sleep in this thing. And that's really amazing to me. I think that's what I really love about cars. And one of the other things, um, our little car anecdote. So when we got rid of that Chevy van, um, very few moments in my life where I remember like crying for a loss. Like when my, you know, loved ones died, family members, you know, I remember like a great pain, great emptiness, you know, and, and like bawling, crying. And the only other time, like we didn't have pets when I was growing up. We didn't have, well, we had some pets. Like a little nose, like I had an iguana at some point. Um, but not really cuddly, lovely little pets. Um, more like, there's that weird kid again with his lizard pets. Um, so the only other time I really remember like really bawling my eyes out was when my family traded him to Chevy van. Like I really wanted to keep that van. I don't even really remember why it just like felt like it was part of the family to me. So I remember I had given it a name, but I don't even remember what the name was. I just remember my mom having to come and explain to me and like, you know, reassure me that, like, the van was going to have a good life, someone else was going to get it and, you know, love it just as much as I did and da-da-da-da. Like, you know, as I'm sitting there crying in the uh, passenger, like, or, like, the captain's seat. And, yeah, I don't know. I, so I think at a very underlying uh, point, like, a very underlying facet of my life has always been this, love of mechanical stuff like when I say love I mean like I love it like I like pets like I love 
you know, maybe not quite as intense as family members, but like the same way I love dogs and cats and all that. And, I don't know, maybe that's strange, maybe that's unusual, maybe that's not right, maybe there's something wrong with me, but you know what? It is what it is. So um, I hope you enjoyed that kind of little anecdotal episode of the podcast. Um, I hope you have a good night, a uh, good weekend, wherever you are, whatever time it is there. Thanks so much for listening. Please be safe out there. <laughs>